welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. Christina here to discuss the third episode of the second season of Vikings Valhalla, Pieces of Gold, written by Vanessa Alexander, directed by Monica Mitchell. There was no Olaf or Cadigat this week. However, we made some strides in Yamsburg, London, and Norgrad. I am glad to see they're giving Emma her agency back. However, I made a boo-boo in the last podcast. I got Geetha and Ethelwyn, the woman he proposed marriage to, mixed up because historically a different marriage came about. So I think I just had that in my head. And thus, I was incorrect, but it only further after the developments of this episode certainly paint Godwin in a light that I think is true to the supposition I have about him and this so-called assassination attempt on Emma that either was meant to be foiled, which I'm guessing it was, because knowing now that I mixed up the two people, how the fuck was he supposed to have his children in line to the throne when he's not even trying to get betrothed to someone that would be in the line of succession? So same motivations just had the people mixed up and now it's starting to come to light. What is Emma going to do with this information how she going to react to this information and Godwin being the smart person he is, how is he going to get ahead of this? Because when he asked her, are you okay? You know, you can tell me. And she says, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Charles, thank you very much. Dead giveaway. We certainly know he is suspicious of what his engaged could say and considering the ring that he gave her oh it all makes sense I, I'm more intrigued by how Godwin is getting himself into power and what's gonna happen with the Leif and Harold situation than I'm even an inkling interested in what's going on in Cadigat and Yamsburg and the Yams Vikings that's a whole yawn fest Oh my God, who the hell cares? Before we jump into the review, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. A like, share if you want to send feedback for the next episode of Vikings Valhalla or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave your commentary below. Let us start with the good, uh, the... Well, the, the good, the better, and the, the weakest link. <laughs> uh, let's start with, I would say the strongest arc this week for me was what was going on in Novgorod. Leaf awakens in uh, Miriam's lodgings. I like them a lot. I didn't know how I felt about them in their first interaction. I think I said... I didn't see any romantic connection. 
I'm not entirely sure. However, it certainly feels as if Miriam and her her tradition of being scientifically inclined and into mathematics and understanding the world is something that speaks to Leif as a person, as an explorer, who he kind of started off being before the tragedies that unfolded, getting caught up in Harold's shit to begin with, and his sister's revenge are now being tantalized and that's a reason for him to live i like that she said she got her guards to bring him in because clearly she couldn't have brought him in herself and she also acknowledges that i was not sure if i should bring you in or not because if you are inclined to take your life who am i to interfere in that i thought addressing that was a smart move It showed a lot of emotional intelligence on her part. He even says to himself, I hope you don't. I'm glad that I don't have to ask questions about it because I actually don't know what happened. I think I was a little confused once again (laughs) last episode. And I think Mimi pointed it out that he might be going on a Christian, a Christian journey of religion. And that's fine as well. I don't care what journey he goes on. I just love that he is so eager to be open-minded to the world and experience the world. And now he's found in Miriam, someone who can understand that passion he has as he goes around and looks at her instruments and looks at the books that she's written herself. Go girl. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. She is extremely intelligent. She talks about how she's visited the great cities, Alexander or Alexandria, I should say. Uh, She mentions another, but certainly comes from the southern areas. I'm glad that they are bringing that history into the show. As I mentioned previously, how she is not only studying astronomy, but she's also taking account of her discoveries as she makes them meteorites she knows how to read and write and Leif very much later on when they have a secondary conversation wants to learn about this even though he makes his hasty exit but not before he diagnoses her her cough as more than just being a cold because in Greenland we call that I'm She admits that she was going to go to Constantinople, not only to visit doctor, well, not only to, I should say, continue on her journey, because that was on her stop of places to see of the world and the greatest place to see the great metropolis of the remnants of the Roman Empire. However, she also was going there to consult doctors for what she has. And they have a really nice rapport. They have a nice chemistry. I look forward to their interactions because it is another element into the world because we are talking about the Vikings and their Christianity beliefs. And we're talking about the pagans and their beliefs. And I think there it is important to have that niche for the scientific uh, community as well. And not only Leif being interested in being a learned man 
you know, not just someone who can navigate. And he's also a navigator. So learning how to navigate, which is something that Harold's like, I don't understand how a frail woman could be of any use to us. And he's like, yeah, that's why you don't understand. A woman is not about her strength. It's also about her intelligence. My anaconda don't. My anaconda don't. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Considering their very uncertain path ahead, that would come into handy. But Harold, unfortunately, (laughs) thick brute male that he is, can't see the value in that. (laughs) Whereas Leif can. Leif afterwards, taking his leave from Miriam, goes to find, goes to find Harold, who talks to, what was his name, Gester? He's a slaver and says, well, look, I can't get past the pensions like anyone else. And thus, I'm not going to offer you, you know, my boat because I'm not trying to sell it. I'm trying to get my cargo to Constantinople as well. And that cargo happens to be slaves of the female variety, might I add. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. And I'm really glad that none of the Vikings got up on their high horses about this because it was not only a commonality, whether you agreed with it or not. It's something the Vikings, Vikings certainly engaged in quite proficiently uh particularly in the constantinople so i didn't want to hear uh you know especially when they came out and they saw these women them all ready to play the white knights when no they had every intention of traveling with this man regardless of what his cargo was and he has the boat so this is what the agreement was and they they addressed the situation as best as they could when Leif joins Harold on the boat, he's like, well, I'm going to get across the the ice because I got a plan. He's like, well, if I'm going with you, can, I need to know what the plan is. Can you tell me what the plan is? <laughs> well, some people are being naysayers. Have you have you come to my side of thinking? No. However, I'm still going with you. And by the way, I'm escorting this woman. This is my reason. (laughs) I love how no one said they was bringing passengers and everyone bought a passenger. (laughs) Except for the two men that they end up recruiting. I was hoping Kassan was going to be back in this show because he just looked cool and I wanted more. So I'm so glad that when he asked, do you have more Vikings like you? It's like, oh, I can get some that can help protect them as muscle in case they come into trouble. For a crew, they go out and locate Kassan and Batu, who are hiding on the outskirts of Norgorod because they're wanted men and they offer them basically a job. Hey, you have a chance to get paid and get the fuck out of Dodge. I don't know why you are even pretending like you're not going to agree to this, but they always got to have that moment of walking away and then wait, I've suddenly changed my mind two seconds later. It would be better if they gave them the plan, gave them the offer, and then they acted, you know, rationally. Hell yeah, now we got business. It's good too, because they need a navigator and a guide through pension territory. So they go to Harold, goes to a prison and he recruits the blind 
Kiria, I think is his name, who was maimed by the Peshineg, the same as Kassan. So he has reason to avoid them just as much. And he is the best to guide them through the Dnieper River, having been, you know, a part of the crew at one point. So he knows all the good spots and he knows the river like the back of his hand because he travels it every single day. And that's fair enough. Fair enough. And our crew is a, is a, is all assembled except for, well, Vitimer gets on with his, with his maid. And there's two things that are clear. Gesseter is going to want to get what is ever in that silver chest. And secondly, he might try to get the slave girl as another part of his harem he's got going for sale. So hopefully nothing happens to Vitimir because that guy just feels filthy and dirty. However, when they find out that one of the slaves died from the cold because, you know, it's freezing and they don't have the sufficient garments to keep them protected, being locked in the tiniest fucking thing ever. I don't even know how the furs fit in the other side of that hole, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, and so one of the women, she gets upset because clearly they were related. And just as he's about to hit her, and once again, no one runs to interfere. I appreciated that because that's how it realistically would go down. That's your business. This is my business. We all got to mind our own. But she tells them, hey, if you hit me and break my nose, then that's less of a price for you. And belatedly, he does end up burying the girl in the ice. And the servant of Itamers is able to acknowledge that there was a death and get the girl to say some last words about the person that passed. And everyone says, amen. So it's a it's a bitter situation because i'm sure the others feel some kind of way but once again this is life (laughs) this is the way of the world there's no point in trying to uh try to try to not uh get myself in more trouble than than warranted for the world simply being what it is Uh, the uncle did come to see him off And he's like, don't change your confidence. I'm like, no, he really needs to. (laughs) And it's not confidence at this point. It's arrogance. He's like, I'm reinventing myself. Are you? Are you really? I think that is everything that happened. But I did like his his thing. He's like a con man, a warrior, uh, (laughs) a woman. What the fuck is all this on a sled? Good luck. Good luck. Let's go to London. Emma talks to Godwin as uh, they string up the person that was murdered. He He tells her that our next steps is to figure out what exactly or who exactly was compromised inside the castle, which is a big deal. As he goes to walk away, we see Aethelweth 
She recognizes the person strung up and she begins to weep before Geetha takes her away, which catches Emma's attention. At the top of the hour in London, there's a moment where Godwin goes to Aethelwith and gives her an engagement ring. He says everything from his family was stripped from him except his family ring that belonged to his father and he was going to hold on to that because he doesn't want any reminder of his past i got my eyes on you Aethelwyn then becomes very distressed catching the attention of emma who asks her very politely is there something wrong is there something distressing you are you sick I can see that your eyes are red. She denies everything, runs out in distress, runs into Godwin, who clearly doesn't want to tell her what him what's going on, but for differing reasons that she can't see that she might be the pawn in a game involved. Like, what are the odds that <laughs> the assassin would be the sister? or the brother of the sister that you're supposedly in love with. And even Emma's like, this has been kept very quiet. I don't understand. And I don't know what the fuck this kid's doing. Why would such an ambitious man who talked of his ambition in front of her, uh, then settle for a lady's and a lady in waiting of no actual background or, or repute just because he loves her. But in the second breath, you just said you want your first child to be in line to the throne. Are the Vikings pushing Emma out? I know historically Emma does not come out of this situation great. And Godwin very much does until the ultimate Viking takes out his uh, bloodline. But damn, I thought they were going to let Emma be in charge for a little bit while longer unless they only want this series to be five seasons which that would be a shame because i think now that some of the restrictions around covid have been lifted just a bit that we can get some more uh tangible storyline because we've got things here we can touch that we couldn't in the previous vikings this leads to their final confrontation in which she I did like that move where she had to remove the lid and it's her brother's head and then she just steps out the shadows. Hello motherfucker. But this is why Emma is a G. She's like, look, I'm gonna come at you softly. Now I'm coming at you hard. And she admits that this man is her brother she says if i had recognized him in the chapel i would have had the same reaction because i haven't seen him in years i'm not sure why he would have attacked you but i had nothing to do with it and her concern is that godwin would find out and then he would dismiss her as a potential mate but how a, how is she supposed to keep that information quiet? <laughs> how the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> how are you going to keep that a secret? You going to put the ring on your finger and then be like, oh, wait, I got something I got to tell you. It's something I got to tell you. I don't think so. 
<laughs> and uh secondly i'm not sure i trusted that look at the end where i'm not sure what she's thinking is she thinking godwin's playing me or is she thinking this girl is playing me because it could go either way and i think that godwin set her ass up set her ass completely up and i think that her connection and godwin being played for a fool he was in love with her oh all of this comes into play and i felt last season he and Geetha shared a look, not him and Aethelwyn. And now I'm wondering, because Geetha was dismissed from the room, if she has anything to do with it. Oh, oh, all of these things, all of these things. <laughs> so I'm really intrigued to see what happens next there. Let's go to the weakest story arc and the weakest character named named uh freitas here's my issue with freitas you just walked into this place idolized asking very little questions when there should be red flags going up you seem to spend most of your time growing uh, talking to your baby that's getting much larger and it's throwing me off a proportion of what the timeline's supposed to be when the pregnancy was supposed to be revealed, how the fuck the pregnancy is supposed to be a secret when you just announced it to all of Youngsburg. Eventually, Harold is going to make his way back and he's going to be wondering why the fuck didn't you tell me about my child? And also, I deserve to have a say in his life. Why are we stretching this whole story arc even out if that's exactly what it's going to end up coming back to? Hacker or Haker, Hakerer? can't recall i can't believe they did my baby daddy like this he is clearly just a viking um you know portraying himself as a jarl even though he hasn't earned the moniker of such going out raiding using the good people that have nothing else the pagan refugees as his own labor force and they live in camps outside of the nice city so that they can go out and raid and bring back more supply, more supplies, but it doesn't seem to have any type of a uh, higher purpose than that. I mean, you let him announce your pregnancy. You just sitting there and you're white. The one chick comes in and says, "Oh, I'm not allowed to step in the circle. Who made these rules? Everyone was uh welcome in Uppsala. Well, this is not Uppsala." But you sold me on this place being the new Uppsala. So why in the world why we not treat it like the old one? Explain yourself to me. What is these rules you talking about? What is this hierarchy system? <laughs> As she's training the men and men only, mind you, all these men and they're not going to let one woman join. Seriously, this little peasant girl. She's so sweet. What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> wait i thought i did remember her name because it was she was she was very sweet uh i want to say it's something with an h but i could be wrong but she shows some moves that her father taught her we saw that her father died the one that died at savine's hand 
And despite the fact that she is actually well-trained, at least a little bit, with Freda seeing the potential, Yorinder says, that's not how we do things here. The pagans are the workforce. Everyone else has to go out to the boneyard and go through this journey before they could be worthy enough to to be considered fighters. And basically, classism is a thing and we don't mix. And Freitas is like, well, how about I make the rules since I'm supposed to be in charge here? I don't know where you thought you got that idea. Well, as far as the priestess is thing is supposed to be in charge. You're not the Earl either, ma'am. Uh, later on, she hears someone calling her name, which is the mother to say, Yorinder took her daughter out and sent her on a very perilous journey by herself. And Yorinder is chastised by Freitas for being, uh, basically being a puppet for your father. Oh, wait, her name was Harefna. There we go. Uh, for being a puppet for her father and not actually believing in the true ways. But I'm like, are you? What is your purpose here? What are you doing here other than sitting, getting primped up and being everyone's idol? You you should be leading and yet you're not doing anything. You're a poster child and you know you are. So to act as if Yorinder has any reason who has been trained to be following in these ways and wouldn't know anything otherwise to the man that raised him after his father was like what did you expect so she goes out and it turns out this girl Harefna although she's injured she ended up getting her bone because she's a boss ass and then Freydis gets to kill the boar before returning her home to her mama and that was pretty much the pretty much the the conclusion of that story arc of which i cared very little for very little other than it's nice to see a young girl but she's just everything about freitas's storyline is disinteresting it just is she just has that smile on her face and she's just not being having any agency the way everyone else is there's nothing she's propelling forward other than her own guilt her own sense of guilt and her own sense of duty even though I I forgot at the end she did find the new temple so she's more like following signs than she is uh (laughs) interpreting those signs and taking the appropriate action maybe something more will come now but I feel as if anyone with an ounce of a brain would have been looking very sus since the inception of walking onto this soil you should have had some understanding of being in that camp, understanding what those people are going through and uh, and and truly actually speaking for the voice of them instead of, you know, the 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 continued power structures instead. That is my thoughts on the episode, but we do have feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Cena? This is Mimi. This is feedback for Vikings Valhalla, episode three of season two. Hopefully this sounds okay. My voice has just been acting a mess uh, since Monday. It's been holding on, though. 
Um, hopefully I don't lose my voice because then I literally can't go to work. <laughs> but um, I picked up a overtime shift. I'm trying to work. Um, if I work the next, if I work five weeks of this contract and it's overtime, um, that's going to pay for our summer vacation. We're going to Canada this year. Um, and the first week of July, I told myself last year, I'm not staying in Ill, I'm not staying in the United States on the 4th of July no more. Um, it, it that holiday only means something to us and I want to see how the other people live. So anywho, um, <clears throat> I don't know how money's going to be with these, uh, like any kind of new contracts that I get and this hospital short as F. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to take advantage and just work, um, you know, when I work, I only work three days a week and granted it's 12 hour shifts, but working a fourth day still isn't that bad, especially if I combine them together. Um, so I work four days in a row and then usually I end up with at least three, four, five days off, depending on how my schedule is set up. So anyway, I watched this, um, I believe it was. Tuesday morning as I was eating breakfast um, after I got off work and um, I was like almost in this feedback um, right now I for some reason couldn't sleep in between my shifts no matter how hard I tried so I was like I might as well just send it before I go to work um, and that way when I get home tomorrow morning I can watch episode four um, I am honestly enjoying Harold and Leif's storyline more than anybody else um I know I I don't know if it's just because maybe King Canoe isn't around um but I was really into um Queen Emma season one like I really liked her character I liked the storyline they were going with her I was I enjoyed following it but I I'm kind of indifferent of her right now I feel like I honestly would rather see what's going on with Olaf at this point than with Emma. And I told you how I felt about Freitas. I I want to like this storyline, but I feel like I kind of know where it's going. I'm not very good at articulating, but I just when she got on the boat and she chose to go um, with them instead of, you know, following her brother <laughs> who literally came over here from Greenland for her I think at that point I was kind of done with her um I I think I touched on it when I sent feedback for episode one that for some reason her lack of concern for Leif bothers me like even if they would have just did a throwaway scene of her like grieving the fact that she couldn't find him or her saying you know like you know saying a prayer for him or something but it was like she went to go save her man fuck lay fuck my brother like why don't you care about his well-being why are you so indifferent about where he is like because when we were introduced to them they made it seem like their relationship was super close I actually enjoyed the first episode of season one when we saw how close they were, when we saw he was really willing to risk his life for her. But it don't seem like the favor is returned. And I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I can't seem to like get rid of that feeling that she cares about everybody else but her brother. 
Um, the way we saw her like push that girl out of the way from the bore, um, even with like so concerned about this little girl that she for like she was even risking her baby shows that she has a really good heart. Then why can't you fucking feel that shit for your brother? I don't know why, but that shit makes me so mad, which makes me not care about her storyline, which makes me feel like, you know, the fact that this probably this like. Uh, I think it's Yalborg, uh, the, is the name of the, this new, like, it's, it's Uppsala, but not really. Um, like this place, like, it seems as though, like, they might even, like, I'm, I'm getting, like, Floki vibes almost from them. Like, y'all took parts of the culture, parts of, you know, uh, the Vikings, gods and pull shit out that you and then you use things that you wanted to use i don't know like one thing i can say about religion i don't care how um you know selfless or how um much good intentions a person have when they create it all religion no matter how people want to pretend or write it, was created by a man, like a human being. And humans are innately flawed. We're not perfect. So even if you had the best intentions when you started it, eventually religions change and they evolve. And it's based off whoever is in charge and power fucking changes people. And people with religious backgrounds and like a good, like they have a good religious following basically get power they get money they be get rich they and they they're the ones that influence the way people think and this new upsala is no different um why they are so like content with freitas being this warrior slash the priest whatever the fuck but i could tell from everybody's reaction that they don't like that she let that girl who has no kins here like what the fuck are y'all talking about? Why are y'all taking people in if you care about their fucking background? Like that shit right there made me like, I didn't care for these people. I thought I was going to like them because it's like Vikings and pirates. That's two things that I enjoy combined. These motherfuckers going to be the boss. But as soon as I saw like them, like sending the other people into the woods or whatever, I was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about these people. And now everything about it I don't care like I'm I'm not gonna fast forward I'm gonna watch but I have no concern no care no like I'm not involved like that's not the right word I don't have any kind of um connection to them so whatever the fuck happens I really don't give a shit but like basically um my main focus right now is Leif like I'm all about it. Like and I I am okay to admit that I was wrong. I think last episode I said that that lady looked old and I didn't think she was pretty. Now I'm she she's she has very peculiar features, but like seeing her like actually have like dialogue and talking and seeing the way her and Leif has the chemistry they have when they were talking about science and mathematics. I don't know what it was. It made me fucking love her. And I don't know, like maybe it was him being saved by her, but I always saw that connection and I know I brought it up, but her name is Miriam. I wrote it down because I'm like, I'm going to remember this. Like I, I just, now I, like, I don't want to say 
that I was right because I guess technically we don't know right now how Lay feels about her because nothing has been like set in stone. But the fact that he was so intrigued by her that he was willing to say, you know what, Harold, I know I said I wasn't coming, but you know what, motherfucker, I changed my mind. And then when they like after they like stopped to take a break, like she was holding on to him like it was just so cute. Like I was like. I am fucking shipping the shit out of this. And I know, like, I put into the universe that I wanted him to be with a person of color. And granted, she is fair-skinned, but she's still very, like, racially not white. Like, you can look at her and see that she is not. She's a person of color, a woman of color. Dark, thick, wavy hair. She has an accent, but she's brilliant. She's so smart. Um, and the way she was talking to him and the way he was so intrigued and he was said, like, can you like show me these ruins? And she was like, these aren't ruins. These are letters that turn into words, like everything about it. Like she was talking to him, like she was teaching him basic things. Like he was like a kindergartner, a preschooler, but she wasn't like, she wasn't talking down to him. And I don't know what it was, but it just had my feels stirring. And I was like. I fucking love them. I fucking love this. I want them to be together. I want them to make out because we already established in season one, like probably like episode three or four, when he told Liv that he loved her, that Leif was probably a virgin. Um, he's probably never had sex and she's sick. And it seems like she spent her, she's devoted her entire life to learning things, traveling, becoming a scholar. Um, and she clearly has money. But, you know, I'm assuming she probably lacks a lot of experience and she can't she couldn't have been married if she was so willing to go with life like that. So I don't know. Everything about their relationship is great. And I don't know how much stuff life can learn in um, a couple months. We know he's very clever, which makes me think he he's smart. Um, he's clearly never been um around this kind of stuff it's not something i feel like you know i know mathematics and all that stuff came from like um i don't know specifically like the the timeline or the origin but i know um asian people african people and then like um uh, i i want to say maybe greeks i'm not sure but i know that there was like um you know Europeans are not the ones that came up with this kind of like mathematics type thing. I know that just from pieces of history I've pulled from, you know, my entire like random facts that I learned. So um, this could be like just something that he would have been interested in had it been something that he could have learned from Greenland. So I I'm very interested. I think Leif is going to surprise us and I think that he's going to use that information to his benefit and become a better viking i can't wait to see where this storyline goes i even like how harold was like you know what i'm gonna use everybody i got he got the the uh the black dude <laughs> what was his name Kason. <laughs> the black blackest name even though it sounds like ancient it still sound black as fuck i love that kid. i love that guy just because his name um and then the guy that they were fighting 
Um, he sounds like he might be Russian, but he looks like he's a Latino. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I like that. However, the, what's interesting about this, this boat on a sled are the other people, the, um, I don't know. I wrote down the thing he said, um, what's his name? Uh, Harold's, uh, uncle. He said, um, okay. I wrote it down. Let me see what it says. It says, uh, I think his name is Yaroslav or something like that. Roslave, Roslave, something like that. So he said, a prince, a slaver, a blind pinchnik, a woman scholar, two con men, and a noble, a boat on a sled. What could go wrong? So I'm like, okay, so I'm, Harold's the prince. Then we have the, the nobleman. But then we have that dude who is smuggling girls, you know, across like cargo. And it's like, then has the, uh, no, I'm sorry, the audacity to be sad. Like, damn, sisters could have really got me some money. The way that um, Leif was looking at them. And I don't know if you noticed it, but I know I did. The way the black dude <laughs> was looking at when they saw the cargo, he looked appalled. And I, I'm assuming like they, they're trying to have some type of hus- like um, historical what's the word I'm looking for like realism um I know because from season one one of the the like the the Ural Ural of uh Kattegat was a black woman but she was from Africa so I know even if you weren't a slave it's that time they're in that time where slavery was the thing so I mean I don't know that they necessarily saw it but the way he looked I don't know. Like I watched it multiple times, so I know it was a real look. He looked appalled. Like I know you, I know you lying. So I'm just interested to see. Leif looked appalled. So did the scholar Miriam. They all looked like they were not about this life. So I am very interested to see what happens and how they handle this because I don't think that motherfucker is gonna make it to um, Constantinople. <laughs> just saying we'll see um i know harold don't give a shit he's just fucking tunnel vision but leif i get i get the feeling that that motherfucker is not gonna be okay with this and he might get to the point where he have to you know lay some hands and we know he could fuck a motherfucker up so we'll see um sorry i talked way more than i wanted to wasn't i'm really trying to do better i know you don't think i am but i am trying to do the 10 minutes so I'm going to end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. We are aligned on a few things. Um, I'm still intrigued by the Emma storyline only because I want to see how uh, and if they allow the manipulations of Godwin to occur. And then what does that mean going forward? You do sound like you have a cold. (laughs) So hopefully your voice is better. And yeah, she didn't even acknowledge like to the baby. She's singing songs, but she's not talking about her baby daddy or her brother. So considering her lack of uh, forethought for those men, I don't care either. 
as far as religion i don't i'm i'm just gonna throw it out there i don't think there was ever a good intention for the people that created it i think it was about controlling the masses and selling them on the better story and christianity just became the better story because there were a lot more before then (laughs) and then they just took a part of uh christianity and it was how the failing roman empire in the west since the east byzantine constantinople where they're going was doing just fine uh at the fall of constantinople they were gained favor by uh ingratiating themselves to the church why do you think the holy roman empire is located where it is uh i think the word you were looking for was emotionally invested in in that storyline with freitas i'm not emotionally invested either like i wanted to be like oh that kid is cute I wanted that to be a thing, but it just, it doesn't have enough. She's not selling enough. I do need to give an acknowledgement because I did not of Leif, uh, us getting to see a bit of that ass. Freaky. I can learn a lot from you. Gotta come teach me. I do feel like every time we come back to the Novgorod storyline, it's pretty much soft porn. <laughs> But I am on of the idea romantically, non-romantically, it doesn't matter. I like the Miriam and Leif pair up as well. Uh, I think that's a shining, shining path going forward. He's got his Christian cross. I think he realizes he wants to live and he's finally, I think, let live go and is ready to do the next journey of his life. Islam, I believe, is the oldest religion in the world. And yes, the black dude and Leif eventually probably are going to get jiggy with it. I'm just glad it wasn't initially the the typical response first time you're confronted with it because this is this man's boat. So despite as much as you do not like what he is doing, you can't just steal this person's boat just because you don't like what he's doing. And many of your brethren do the exact same thing. Vikings, as stated, were very prolific slave traders. Uh, so... There's no reason why they would initially jump up and, and, and put it out there as, uh, I'm personally affronted, which they probably are on a, a, a level that feels real and raw just as much as we do. But in the world in which they are living in, it's not without, uh, its precedent. And that is going to conclude our podcast. So once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. Uh, remember like to share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and black or magic hustle